Welcome to Female Empowered, a podcast for female fitness and wellness professionals and business owners looking for real talk about the ins and outs of the industry. I'm Krista Gurka, an accidental entrepreneur turned founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar health and wellness business. In this podcast, I'll be sharing expert insights and having real conversations about what it means to show up, thrive, and of course, get paid. We'll talk about what works, what doesn't, and what really happens behind the scenes of a client-based business. All so you can take away sound advice and actionable steps that help you become a more successful and confident business owner, all on your own terms. So let's dive in. Today's episode is a Female Friday feature. These are real, raw conversations I have with fellow female professionals. We talk about how they got their start in their individual specialties, their business journeys, their challenges. We have some laughs and maybe some tears along the way. I think having these conversations is so important because it's validating to see that there's no one right way to find success in this industry. If you're interested in being a guest on a future Female Friday episode, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at Krista at PilatesInTheGrove.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-A at PilatesInTheGrove.com. Now let's meet today's guest. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me. Another edition of Female Fridays. And I'm really excited today to have Lincola visiting with us. She's joining us from California, down in the Bay Area, or I should say up in the Bay Area, right? I'm so bad with with geography, <laughs> but I'm gonna go ahead and let her introduce herself and tell us. So why don't you give us you know, a little bit of history of who you are, where you're from and what it is that you do. All right, my name is Lincola Green and I'm at California Pilates here on Instagram. And I am a Pilates master trainer. I've been training for about 16 years now. And it's been interesting to see the evolution of Pilates. And recently I decided to start a teacher training program of my own for online. And the thing that's wonderful about that is because you can do it anywhere. And it does give um, a lot of people the opportunity to break into a new profession. And that's been a huge passion project for me, especially when it comes to increasing diversity within the Pilates community. And that's the main focus of this is to change the number of instructors, um, Black bodies instructors from hundreds to thousands. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's great. And I think that it's something that we as a profession, you know, should all, you know, want to do. Would you, I guess, let's talk about that. Well, first of all, we'll talk a little bit about your, your program, but why do you think, do you have a feeling for why you think there is not traditional like diversity in the Pilates community. Did you have that sense when you got into Pilates six years ago? And then has, has 16. it kind of 16? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 16. <laughs> um, and why you think because I'm curious, because I have had conversations with other people and had heard their, uh, you know, mm-hmm. insight into that. And that's really enlightening to me. Um, well, well, 16 years ago, I was living in Memphis, Tennessee. So the, the city is 63% black. And, you know, I found a studio and I was the only black instructor there, you know, like, so I'm just like, you know, okay, this is interesting. I didn't really think much of it, of course, you know, because I love Pilates, I, you know, there's nothing I, 
when it comes to like the race and races and stuff, you know, it wasn't like a huge issue for me, like, especially living in Memphis, a place, you know, that's full of black people. Um, but, you know, I, I did think that it was kind of interesting that in a city with that much um, diversity that there wasn't any black people in Pilates. So it's like, when like you're thinking like culture, mm -hmm. like what's the culture surrounding this? Like, you know, when you see Pilates images, you always um, see white people or you see a ballerina, mm -hmm. right? Um, so like, you know, I can see that that being one thing, it's like when you don't see yourself doing something or like an image of portrayed as you doing it, like that representation's not there, you're less likely to partake. Um, and mm -hmm. it's also, you know, as you know, the hefty price tag behind Pilates, it's definitely yes. not cheap. And, you know, the training, you know, was like $4,500 to start, you know, and that's not including all the extra stuff, <laughs> you know, that goes along with it with test out and um, any kind of privates and stuff that you might want to take. And for my training, I had a $1,200 immersion that I had to do even before taking the Pilates training. So right there, that's a huge barrier to entry. Most people don't have that to drop on a training like right away. And so I, I feel that that's probably the one of the biggest things, as well as timing, because some trainings are like during the week, during the daytime mm -hmm. when people ha are working. And so if you're wanting to start a new job, that's not available. And then, you know, maybe it's on the weekends and that's the time you want to just be free and with your family. So and especially as a single parent, you know, that makes it even more challenging uh, because, you know, as we do know, a lot of black women are single moms or solo moms. And, you know, if the kid's not in school, then you have to have childcare on top of like yeah. having to take this training. Yeah, so. I think that that's, I mean, those are all certainly good points that, you know, the price point for Pilates itself is a barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been too the price tag on the training, I've always thought is a big barrier to entry as well. Um, one of the things that I think, so I'm a big believer, I, Pilates is my career, right? So, and I believe that we can have lucrative careers being Pilates instructors. I firmly believe that. And so one of the things that I, that I think would be wonderful for our community as, as an industry to do is even go to the, um, you know, having even high school groups, or, you know, junior colleges having it in those institutions, because first of all, our $4,500 is certainly a lot of money, but it's less than a four-year college degree Definitely. cost nowadays, right? Definitely less. And I even say you could do $4,500 plus a tremendous amount of this amazing continuing education and sometimes have a career that's, that's good and better than what college kids are coming out of right now right. and getting. You know, it's so true. and I think that that's something we should educate the, what do you think? I mean, what are your feelings on that? You know, kids, women and men, you know, young mm -hmm. girls coming, deciding whether college or not, and then maybe saying, I, you know, I think this is a great career. Yeah, that's definitely something I've um, tapped into a bit. Like I have had some students that are in high school uh, or just starting like um, their college career. So that's, a wonderful place and it gives them a profession someplace to start money to make like while they're in school mm -hmm. way more money than their counterparts are probably right. making in minimum wage so that's one reason why i decided to do the online mat certification or at least certificate program um, the training because it allows them to have some kind of income through that learning process 
Yeah. And that's great. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that there's a lot of people that, well, in Manhattan, for example, right. There's a lot of dancers that are Pilates instructors, performers. So they teach classes while they're auditioning or whether, and I think you're right. I think it can be very flexible, right? You can, people have studios in their home. So for moms that have kids, like they could have a studio in their home, should they choose later people that work flexible schedules. So I think it's a great career. And I think that just bringing it to a wider population. So that being said, what are some, some things you think we can do as an industry to create more diversity in our industry? How can we get it to, to bring it to light to people that may not even know what Pilates is? Right. They might not even know they need it. Right? And I think everybody needs Pilates. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I mean, it really does depend on your community, especially if you're a brick and mortar studio, it, you know, you, you're kind of tied to who's in your community. So if you are right, in a yeah. diverse community, then, you know, you have that opportunity to advertise and draw in that group of people, but really looking at you know, their culture um, and bringing people in, like knowing like, okay, well, how do, how do they operate in their day-to-day -day life and create some structure around that for your training program so that it's not just limited to one specific population and their habits. And, you know, it's also goes back to, like I was saying earlier with the advertising, like actually showing different bodies, um, different ethnicities, like, performing Pilates instead of it always being mm -hmm. this like competition kind of like you have to be the best of the best and your Pilates has to look amazing you know it's like hey you're working out you're moving that's the point of all of this right is to help people and to bring fitness to their life so that they can live and pain-free or at least live as well as they can yeah, I think that that's actually a huge mistake that people in, in all mm -hmm. industries make with I don't care if you're a Pilates instructor, yoga instructor, ballerina, mm -hmm. I mean, the truth is the end consumer does not look like a Pilates instructor. Nope. No, <laughs> they're not doing teasers, like Pilates instructors can they're not doing walkovers on the Cadillac. While they look beautiful in pictures, your general consumers like, that's what they're gonna have me do. <laughs> <You're No>? Right. <laughs> That's so true. Not me. <laughs> Not me. So, well, why don't you, how did you get into Pilates? What brought you into this world? Um, I had a weekly workout with a girlfriend and she brought over a Maury Windsor DVD. And we, you know, back when DVDs were, I, it might even been VHS, who knows. <laughs> but so we, were, we started watching it and I just, I couldn't do it. Like I needed more instruction. Like I need like the, the meat behind like the moves. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. I'd rather just go to a studio. I went to a studio and after like one session, I was hooked and I was like, okay, work, let me sign up, you know? And of course they're like, pump your brakes. You got to do the 30 hours first before you can actually take the training. I was like, okay, great. Let's get up. Let's do that. <laughs> and from there, you know, I, I honestly didn't get into Pilates to make it turn into a career, which it has, but um, I got into it for myself because of that price point. It was way cheaper for me to just become an instructor than to actually continue taking Pilates as just a person taking class. Because, you know, as you know, you know, like, you know, class ranges from $35 yeah. an hour to more, depending on what studio you're in. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to become a teacher. I, why not? Yeah, 
That's super interesting. I've mean, yeah. that's actually I never actually thought about it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Like it was that it's it's I can take Pilates at a lower price point by becoming a teacher, so I can be in the in the studio and stuff. So that is actually really interesting, and it is it's it's I find that people that that love Pilates really like they're hooked mm-hmm. from the get go. So yeah. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> now nowadays Pilates is. Um, when you have those like soul cycles and out there that are charging $40, the price point becomes even. Yeah. You know, at $40, you mm-hmm. know, getting on a bike, but what are some things? Um, well, let's talk about your teacher training program. What's it called mm-hmm. and what are the ins and outs of the program? Well, it's a comprehensive mat program. So um, for the, when I say comprehensive, so you're not just learning like the standard classical exercises and um, what you, that is part of it. So it's classical and contemporary Pilates. So they would get all the classical exercises and then the contemporary spins on them. Um, and bringing in those real world situations with learning the progressions and the different special populations, anatomy, um, applied anatomy movement behind it, um, as well as getting into some business coaching, which is something I did not get with Pilates. I really just got the exercises and kind of the how and why behind it, but not anything about how to actually operate as a teacher. I mean, you assume you're going to have a job working at a studio and that's about all all you're going to get. So like, preparing the students so that they can teach in an online world, if that's something they choose, as well as teach in um, person with clients too. So like giving them a little broader scope into Pilates. And, you know, that's pretty much the gist of it. There's more behind it. It's an online hybrid kind of program. So part of the program has to be facilitated like in person, like where they actually are working with clients and stuff. And then the Mm -hmm. other part is like, we have our intensive, which is online Zoom. And then I have an online platform behind it that has all videos of all the exercises as well as supplemental material that goes into it. So they get me as a mentor throughout this process. And, uh, you know, we have our calls, our labs and how are all the things that like, you know, make it so that they get the best education they can in the environment that we are living in these days. <laughs> I know, right? I know, mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I think that's really crucial, the business of Pilates. So we have in our teacher training program, we just added that too, because I 100% agree with you that, you know, programs finish, and then they're kind of like, okay, be gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't know, I think it's important for people to know from both sides of it, like what Mm -hmm. can you expect as far as salary or pay? What Mm -hmm. is, what should you negotiate, right? What are some things to look for in depending on what it is that you want to do? And I think that's so amazing that you include that in the program because I think it really is crucial. And I find that women, I don't know if you believe this or not, you can tell me, Mm -hmm. I find that women as women, we tend to negotiate less for things Mm -hmm. as opposed to men. Um, I think some studies have actually shown that. So when given a, hey, we're going to pay you X, Mm -hmm. most women will say yes, and thank you and or say no and move away versus negotiating. Right. And so I think from right yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. do you find that 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 would be just a generalization in general? Oh, definitely. When it comes yes. 
Yeah, especially when, you know, talking with my students and they're, you know, one, I remember one student, she's like, well, how much should I charge for Zoom private? And I was like, exactly what you would charge if you were meeting them in person. In What's person. your hour worth? You know, like charge them that. She's like, you're so right after she did it because it was like way more challenging to teach a Zoom class than actually in person because you can't touch them. <laughs> so 100%. you have to be spot on with your cueing um, for that person and being able to like verbalize yeah. what you want them to do. And that's, you know, yeah, like it's definitely true that people, women in particular tend to like value themselves less um, when it comes to that. So that's definitely part of the program is like teaching that sense of entitlement and letting people know that they can negotiate the price that they want. Mm -hmm. um, and don't, don't go below that. If, if you're going below that, then you can't make a living, right? Right, right. And I do think it's important that one as as instructors, um, it makes me so sad. I mean, I read I think it was like, God, it's probably been six years now. I think they did a Pilates in America study, maybe five or six years ago. And most studio owners. Oh. Can you hear that? Can you hear <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, they're doing their not that much. Or they start now. Okay, good. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. We can, Sorry. My, my dog was barking before. So, and I had a teenager that I was like, please don't curse in the middle of my like, conversation. Why do you guys have to start now? So, you can't even hear it. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. You can't hear it. Um, but I find that a lot of Pilates instructors and even studio owners say, well, I couldn't afford my own services because I don't, you know, and I, and I think, well, mm -hmm. there's, that should change because mm -hmm. one, you need to know what you need to make, right? This is what I need to make because these are my expenses or whatever the case may be. Right. Then you have what you want to make, which is perfectly mm -hmm. justifiable. And even when people come to me and say, well, I would like to make X amount, I never fault anybody for asking. I may say, mm -hmm. you know, at this time, we're not able to agree to that for whatever reason, you know, and I'm very transparent with people. This is why, but I never fault people for asking. And I think like when you're hiring, you sh it should kind of be a negotiated, a, a negotiation if necessary. Right. So maybe you can negotiate on price, but there's other perks or something that, that can be added in, right. Continuing education. Right. Cause that's expensive. It is. Right. So I, I think it's important. I think that's great that you mm -hmm. add that on. And so the other thing that we di started doing in our teacher training was when we had them teach their clients or whatever, bring people mm -hmm. in so we could observe them, we had them charge an, like a, it's $5. Mm -hmm. But, and it wasn't for the studio to make money. It was for them to learn how to ask for money. Right. Because exactly. whether it's $5 or $70, it's still uncomfortable for people to ask for money. And that's how we earn a living. Yeah, right? definitely. You have to be able to ask. And if you don't ask, they don't know that you're selling. So <laughs> right, definitely right. a, a yeah, skill I think that's missing in most trainings um, for you know teachers, especially they just expect to go work for a studio usually afterwards, but not really realizing that you're still selling yourself regardless of if you're an employee at 100%. a studio. Mm -hmm. 100%, right? I always tell people... We're everyone's selling something. You're yep. selling why they should come back to your class or why they should come to this studio and not XYZ studio down the street, right? right. Everyone's selling something. So recognizing I know what that, that a product lot of people, is. I know, right? And what's unique about your product. And mm -hmm. I, I'm a big believer that there's enough business to go around for all of us. And 
I'll be true to what makes me unique and our brand unique. And, and it's not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. I'll talk to people that resonate with me. And if they don't, there's plenty of people out there that do. That's why I think being genuine and authentic, like on social media and things is so important. Right. Because if you start oh, yeah. being fake, oh, then you're attracting the wrong person. I mean, there's seven billion people in the world. I think that every person can slice out their little everyone can have pie, right. <laughs> I know that's I, mean, I say the same thing. I mean, in America, there's 325 people mm-hmm. in the United States alone. So like we don't need that many. <laughs> right. <to be> successful. <laughs> exactly. so, right. I would also say that I know I know mm-hmm. that now. There are a lot of people, especially in in our, in fit, health and fitness in general, I would say, that are looking to try to create a more diverse workplace or work environment. Do mm-hmm. you have any suggestions or recommendations of how people can, or what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. that? I've spoken to a few people who have said they don't mm-hmm. want the idea of to make it a to- tokenism, but right. some people will say, I, I genuinely want to. Um, I'm just not sure how to go about it. Um, well, I mean, one place to start, I do have a list on my um, Instagram. There's a list of Black Flies instructors, at least those that are on Instagram. So that's a great place to start. And, you know, I I didn't put up, you know, the locations or anything of people on the list. But, you know, that's partially because I'd rather have people just go through and find people and get to experience all of the different services and things that each one of these people have to offer. And then like, once they go through, you know, they can find people in your local area and you feel free to like message me, you know, I could, if, you know, let me know what your area is because then I can say, okay, this person, this person's there, or at least contact them and ask them if they are interested mm-hmm. in whatever you're, you know, asking for, because you never know, they might, be looking for work or wanting to like branch out into somebody else's business. So. Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. think that's important. Um, I was speaking to someone the other day and they said, you know, traditionally when we go to hire somebody and a lot of companies across Mm -hmm. industries, people go to their own network, right? So they go within their own network of friends or colleagues or, you know, and so somebody was saying, and, you know, I just realized that my network all look like me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so, and then they were saying, you know, but you could branch out, mm-hmm. you could say, you know, you could go to maybe you've heard somebody on social media, and you could reach out mm-hmm. to them and say, hey, right. I'm looking, you know, for someone, do you know anyone in the area that could be looking for work? And, um, you know, I think that that is getting maybe outside your comfort zone a little bit, but that's the way to start broaching mm-hmm. the conversation. Right. right? Can't be so, scared of the DMs. You gotta, gotta do it. I no. mean, yes. <laughs> I gotta so, do the DMs. I, I said slide into the DMs the other day and my kids were like, mom, don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. <laughs> that's, that's your cringe mom. So I was like, okay, okay. No sliding right. into anyone's DMs. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're either going to say no, thank you, or they're just going to ignore you. So there's no reason right. why not to like, send a message and put the opportunity out there. And like, like said, you know, looking at the list and going down the list that's on my Instagram, that's, there's so many like great instructors on there that why not? And then as you were talking about people building their networks and going outside of their comfort zone, it's like, follow black people, follow different people Mm -hmm. of different ethnicities, people that are outside of your circle so that you can see what's going on in their world, because, you know, it might actually be something you identify with. 
Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, it's, it's, it's about having, you know, the conversations and just Mm -hmm. speaking with other people. And I think, I think that that is the beauty actually of social media now, whereas Mm -hmm. maybe I've met so many people. I met you on social media, right? So it's like, I don't have to be in person and we can create relationships with people that I know all over the country now that I consider friends. I used to think my kids were crazy. They were like, that's my friend. And I was like, you've never met them before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I have friends all over the country, even all over the world, you know? Right. (laughs) I know. I look forward to meeting these people in real life, you know, whenever we're allowed to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever we're allowed to leave our homes again. So why don't you tell people where they can find you so they can look you Mm -hmm. up and, and where they can find any, if anyone's interested in your teacher training program, where they can find information about all of that. Um, well, you can always go to California Pilates on Instagram and all of the stuff is in my profile. So there's a link there that leads to my website as well as the list of black Pilates instructors. But my website is capilates.com. And there's definitely links on the front page that lead you to the teacher training. Um, I think it's like the first slide. So right when you come on, it says become an instructor. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Well, it was such Mm -hmm. a pleasure to chat with you today. I'm so thankful that you took the time to join us. And I hope that people reach out to you. We're going to post all of those links in the copy so people have easy access to you. And like Lincoln said, if you guys are interested, shoot her a DM, let her know what you thought about this um, interview. And if you have any questions for her, I'm sure she'd like to hear from you. So people reach out and uh, stay tuned for another edition next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Female Empowered. If you like what we covered today, please leave a review for the show. This helps other female fitness and wellness professionals find the podcast and lets me know I'm sharing helpful information with all of you. If you'd love to get even more insights and find resources to help you market, streamline, and grow your clinic or client-based business, you can visit me at kristagurka.com or follow me on Instagram at kristagurka. That's at C-H-R-I-S-T-A-G-U-R-K-A. See y'all next time.